Hey guys, welcome back to Stories from the Influencer Economy. This is Ryan Williams. So glad you're here for episode number 46 with Anthony Soleil, talent manager and investor based in Los Angeles. Wanted to say real quick that I have been getting a lot of emails from listeners about how to start a podcast. Feel free to email me, ryan at influencereconomy.com if you have a show idea or you're trying to execute. I'll answer every email as soon as I can. But hit me up, Ryan, at InfluencerEconomy.com if you have any podcasting questions. Also, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan J. Will. Feel free to reach out there. And finally, if you're listening on iTunes, please hit the subscribe button and leave a comment. It really helps with finding the podcast in iTunes with discoverability. And now, the man from L.A., Anthony Soleil. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Stories from the Influencer Economy here with Anthony Soleil. Yes, sir. Welcome to the podcast. The fuck is up? So you are an entrepreneur, investor, talent manager. Son, cousin, brother. Father? (laughs) No, not father. (laughs) Not yet. I do want kids, but not yet. Boyfriend? Uh, I was a boyfriend at one point. Um, I'm now single, but um, I'm sure at some point I'll be a boyfriend, fiance, husband. So you've dabbled as a boyfriend? Yes, I've dabbled. I'm, I'm not as good at being a boyfriend as I am at being an entrepreneur. So you work with Nas? Yeah, so I manage um, the rapper Nas. I manage the rapper Future. Um, I also manage the up-and-coming artist Alina Baraz, who I think is going to be a massive star, which I'm really excited about. Um, in my career, um, I've worked with um, Nicki Minaj, Miguel. Um, I worked at, um, you know, obviously I was at Adam Factory with Troy Carter, where we also had, um, along with Nicki Minaj, you know, we worked with Mary J. Blige for a while, Robin Thicke, obviously Lady Gaga, Mindless Behavior, Grayson Chance, Priyanka Chopra. I mean, I mean, we were genre agnostic, <laughs> you know, and, and the one thing that um, we realized there was the, 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 it, the thing about talent management was a lot of it was just was was knowing people and if you know people you can kind of figure out um how to how to how to really really dig in and do a great job and, and provide great service what's the one characteristic you need as a talent manager to get the right people is it just building relationships long term no 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 i i, I don't I, I i don't mean getting good people around i meant like understanding people like like being a people person, understanding how to speak to folks and understanding what, what buttons to press, when to press them and things like that. I think one of the, uh, some of the bigger lessons I learned pretty early, um, number one, um, and I say this all the time, there's like no reward in life for being a jerk, right? Like you don't get a fucking gold medal. Like, Hey, you're the biggest asshole in the room. Here you go. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like treat people with respect, um, you, 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 you do your best to communicate, um, in a timely manner and, and, and you, you carry yourself with respect and dignity. A, a lot of which, like for me, like I, I carry a lot of my morals and values, um, in business, um, that I learned as a child. And where'd you I, grow up? Um, here, LA. born in Oakland, raised in, uh, raised in LA, lived in Inglewood for a lot of my life and then, uh, moved to Carson and lived out there. So are you a Raiders fan? No. No, <laughs> I um, shout out to my man, Ben Horowitz. I know he's a huge Raiders fan. He knows I kind of don't like him, but I, I support him for him sometimes. Uh, but I'm a huge sports fan. Yeah, so I don't like necessarily like hate um, them, but I'm more of like a scheme and player guy. But yeah, man, um, the jerk thing was really big. 
And then the other thing that I, I learned later on in life. And it's from your parents and family or school? This one is like more like life lessons. You know, um, I, something that was really, that really fucking stuck with me. Like distinguishing, like understanding the difference between like a battle and a war. And understanding sometimes that it's not just about winning the battle or losing the battle. It's also how you win or lose the battle to kind of position you properly for the war. Like I've, I've, I've had like great opportunities that artists would be like, fuck this. No, I'm not doing it. And you have to understand sometimes that you have to have the like foresight to like see that down the line, there's going to be something even bigger. So like, the way you position how you win or lose that little battle can affect you like ultimately winning the war. So I, I really think hard about like, you know, residual effects or do the domino effect of a decision and figure out how that like works into the big puzzle, which is their career. I saw you tweet about Kobe and LeBron and you said that people remember Kobe longer than LeBron after their Absolutely. careers are done. Why do you think that? I'll tell you why I think that. And the only reason I bring it up is because Kobe thinks about the war and he thinks about the strategic game yeah. for how to make his players better, even if he alienates them at first. But then he's all about tough love. Yeah, for sure. You know what it is about Kobe? Kobe was basically, for lack of a better word, like a sociopath he when is. it came to competition. He's psychotic. Right? So the way he just... He, like, remember that Indiana Jones movie where the guy stuck his fucking arm in your chest and pulls your heart out? Oh, I love that scene. Yeah, that's how And he shows it to you? Yeah, <laughs> that's how Kobe looks at basketball. So naturally, when you play the game that way, you're just naturally going to have, like, these killer moments that you just never believe you'd ever see. Whereas LeBron, a lot of his biggest moments were not necessarily him like going in for the kill, but him being the setup guy for the guy making the kill. I mean, look at, think about like the biggest shot in the biggest, Ray Allen may have hit the biggest shot that LeBron's ever been on the court for. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Talk about what, game six of the NBA Finals, what, 2013? Yeah. Against that, the San Antonio Spurs. They, I mean, LeBron. They stole that game. They stole that game. And that was Ray Allen. Yeah. Right? And, and, I, and I think, like, LeBron is, has, like, great memorable moments. The thing I love about LeBron, he's, uh, you know, much better team player than Kobe is. But when it comes to just, like, Kobe Bryant versus LeBron James, not Lakers versus Cavs or Lakers versus Heat. I mean, it's, it's, I mean Kobe may have more highlights in one season than LeBron may have in his whole fucking career. Right. <laughs> but wouldn't you say as a manager, though, you're more like LeBron? You know, because you're making everyone else look good. You're distributing the ball to your talent, man. That's apples and oranges. Really? Because like, yeah, I, you know what? Like, I will tell you this, though. I'm not, you, you know, I'm I fight for my artists. You telling me my my parallel, I, I stretch too far. <sighs> no, I mean, like, I, I'm trying to think of a, a like a, a, a way to kind of word this. I, I don't I don't necessarily feel as though, um, you know, managers, you have to fight for your artists. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, I think I'm definitely more a LeBron guy than a Kobe guy. You know, if I was like, an, uh, you know, if I was, if I was uh, a startup CEO, I feel like I'd probably be, I would have more of a Kobe mindset. But in the f world that I live in, you just, it's incredibly difficult 
to be, I mean, look, you'll always make enemies on the way up and on the way down, but, and, and especially at my age, like it, it, it doesn't do me any justice to be like, to have that type of mindset. How old are you? I'm 28. Okay. You're yeah. super young in the investment world. Yeah. I'm well shit in the investment world. I mean, fuck these founders are like 19 years old. Yeah. Oh, true. <laughs> but is with the fellow investors though. Yeah. I guess I'm in, I'm younger. Most are like older white yeah. guys. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you have um, a lot more hair than most of the uh, VCs I know. Yeah. I, um, you know, I will say I, you know, the one thing that I do love about see not Nas and I, especially me, like I take, so I, I really admire the way Nas approaches music, right? He like speaks from his heart and he, he fucking like writes his ass off and tells these stories and has like creates these vivid pictures for you. And the way I appreciate his art, very similarly to how I appreciate the way a VC approaches how they analyze deals, right? And, um, and when I say that, like, when Nas and I start, you know, uh, uh, Troy Carter from Adam Factory. Who's a uh, former guest on the podcast. Yes. Um, my man for years. Um, the, he's really kind of helped me. I never quite understood. We never deeply talked about the true angle. Like, if it was let's just do this to get a bunch of smart people around us or let's do this to make money. As but far as investing? Investing. Like I always, I always looked at it as like Troy just understood that like to proceed forward in this business, we needed to surround ourselves with the smartest people the world has to offer. And, and, and he never said that to me, but it just, just what it looked like. So that's what I kind of took from it and was like, yeah, that's what the fuck I'm doing. No matter where they are. Exactly. And, and so I started doing some deals with him and, um, he got as me into some a, stuff in Queensbridge. No, Ventures? just Nas and I as angels okay. did some deals with him and with Adam factory. He, uh, well, no, no, we were both doing them like as individuals. Okay. Um, and then from there, um, you know, I started, you know, he, he was really, really open about it. Like, you know, some companies wanted to like throw me equity to be an advisor and he's like, go do it, go do it. It's great for our brand. Great for our brand. And, um, from there, like, you know, when I, uh, I ended up leaving in, um, 2012, I looked and I was like, you know, I have a, a big client in Nas and I, um, at the time wasn't really, you know, didn't care too much about, um, building on my roster. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this investing thing seriously. So I went out and raised a fund. And at that moment is when I really started paying attention to how VCs work together and how they work with companies and how they look at deals. So you raised a fund with Nas and a bunch of, can you explain just for people that don't know what raising a fund is all about? I mean, even if it's fucking $2, it's fucking hard. Yeah. So we raised a fund of 10 million bucks. Um, we've been investing out of that fund, uh, for a while now. Um, and, um, and yeah, it's, it's it, raising a fund is difficult. And it, it, first of all, I will say this, it's very hard to raise a fund. If, excuse me, it's very hard to invest out of a fund. If you don't know how it feels to invest your own money and have some wins and losses because it gives you perspective on how you're supposed to look at deals, especially for someone like me who I like, I'll be the first to admit, I don't live in this world. Like, like, I mean, there are a lot of big, big time people that I have no clue who they are. Don't know what they did in the entrepreneurship and, world. And, yeah. And tech in general, yeah. VCs, entrepreneurs or whatnot. And, and, and Whereas yeah, if you're an aspiring guy that has a startup trying to be the next Mark Zuckerberg, you've studied the landscape and you know, the guys that are big. 
because you yeah. want to raise money from them. You want to be the, that yes, CEO. Yes, but even even in those like circles, I still don't know everyone right. by name, right? And every day I'm learning. The thing with with having a fund, you know, you have to manage the LPs who trust in you to and give you their and money. LPs are limited partners that yeah. invested in the fund. Invest in the fund, and like well, I'm gonna try to make this as broad as possible because yeah. I think we get it. But sometimes people tell me they love it when I take a specific business sector and then make it broad and applicable. Yeah. So if I if I ask you to back up, it's just yeah, no try, problem. Try to dude. educate people. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Limited partners. Um, you you have to to feel you have to know what it feels like to 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 win and to lose with your own capital. In my opinion, like some people will disagree with me, and that's fine. Um, so when you invested as an angel, yeah, we invested as angels for like two, three years before we even raised the fund. And what type of companies? Uh, we were in, you know, obviously Genius, Dropbox, um, Lyft, um, the fancy. Um, shit, I know I'm forgetting some Crowd Tilt, uh, which is now Tilt. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing really well. Um, Those are great companies. Yeah, a few others here and there. Uh, we're really excited about. And um, for us. Now we've lost two, and um, do you not mention those as much? Yeah, mainly because sometimes you know it's not like the nicest thing to say about it. it kind of it, it ends up always falling back on the founders, and I feel like when you say like a company didn't work, you basically in a lot of ways are like telling someone that the founders failed, and I don't like to put that energy in the world. Right. So, I, so you know, I, I kind of just highlight what we did well. But yes, we've lost a lot. Well, now we've won more than we lost. Luckily, but yeah, some lost. bigger winners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, so after feeling the rush of knowing what it feels like to win or lose on your own, you're, you're, you're mentally much better set up to, uh, to, in, to invest other people's capital because you, you, you kind of understand, you know what to look for, you know? And then also I spend a lot of time with, uh, VCs, um, like, you know, a lot of the Partners at Andreessen and Horowitz have been fucking awesome to me. Ben Horowitz, at this point, I mean, Ben and I barely even talk about business. It's, we always talk about like sports and life. Weren't you said um, a boxing match? I saw you post on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, he's like my friend. What, you know what, what match did you go see? Al Heyman um, is st- starting this new like a s- once a month Saturday night uh, premier boxing matches on NBC. Basically bringing boxing back to primetime. Oh, cool. And the matches were awesome. And we went and enjoyed it. It was great. In Vegas? In Vegas, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, him and his wife, his family um, in general have been incredibly warm and, 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 and awesome to us at this point. Like, we're, that's family. And, um, and then, like, there's guys like Shervin Pishvar and um, 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 I, I love, like, Mo Koifman from Spark. Uh, we've done a lot of deals with everyone in LA, like Clark Landry's an awesome angel investor in LA. Um, all of the incubators, uh, Mark Suster has been fucking like great to work with. He's a good dude guy who really cares about the ecosystem. Um, everyone, I know I'm forgetting a lot of folks, but everyone's fucking helpful. And what, instead of like me just taking like intros from them and being like, cool, cool, cool things. Like, I want to understand why the fuck they like what they like. And, and, and how I look at the world is all these people experience shit, right? And shit that you've never experienced. So for me to like, I take my experiences along with stories from other people or views from other people, mix all that shit up 
and that becomes how I look at the world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what's been so helpful with like having these relationships with VCs. Well, so I look at it like old school days, you had one job for 30 years. You had a mentor at your company. They'd help you navigate. People don't have time to mentor you anymore. So you got to get what you can. Yep. Right. It's like, yeah, you got some little guy juice over here. You got some juice from your, your old boss at your first company. So you got to take all you can and just aggregate it together and then make your best decisions from that. Yeah. Yes. I, man, I, I may offend, I may offend some people, uh, but I don't think I've ever had like a, a true mentor. Yeah. Um, now there are people who've like helped me um, along the way. Like Nas being one, um, rest in peace to Shakir Stewart. He was an executive at Def Jam, incredibly helpful to my career. Obviously, Troy Carter and like Guy Siri and um, like Ben and um, actually another uh, guy by the name of um, Neil Mehta. He's a v- venture capitalist out of San Francisco. He's, a f- he's more of a friend than like a guy I do business with. But he was like the guy when I left Adam Factory, be like, dude, you need to take this investment shit like seriously. You actually have like a knack for this shit, do it. And he was kind of like the guy who kind of like pressed, I don't even think he knows that. You know what's funny? I was like, you know, he's fucking right. I need to fucking do this shit. And um, like along the way, there are people who like help you. But I never had like the one guy. No, you can't get that anymore. I feel like it's an era that you just take what you can get from as many people as possible that are willing to offer it. And then you give it back to other people. And there's no like reciprocal, you help me quid pro quo. It just like it sort of works the universe, gives it back to you if you give it to others. And you know what's funny though? I'm not the guy to bother people for shit. Like I never call. I mean, half the guys I, I name to you, I may only speak to them once a month, once every a couple months. But like they know if they call me, I'll drop everything and do whatever they want, and and vice versa. Cause I'm not like to me, you know, it's very hard to keep up with everyone. Right. Everyone's busy and whatnot. But to me, it's like the way to like pay it forward is to be selfless when you when you can be, as long as it doesn't like physically hurt you, and 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 just and then and just hope that when shit hits the fan for you, that you get that's that that type of um, loyalty or energy or thought thoughtfulness is reciprocated, and that's how I roll. Did you have you heard of Adam Grant? He's got this book, Give and Take. No, it's, I should fucking read it. He, he was an early podcast guest. He's a Wharton professor. All this crazy research that givers succeed more in life and in business, but they also fail the most Yeah, because they get taken advantage of. Or they, so if you're a giver that you have your own interest self-aligned with giving, then you succeed the most in business. There's like tons of case studies. And he says, you got to weed out the takers. Dude, that's Nas, man. Nas will give you the fucking last penny in his pocket the shirt off his back and you know he's had some bumps in the road in his career but ultimately he's not you know he's you know just entering his 40s and and really finding himself as a businessman and 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 it's really you know it's incredible to see great guy fucking the the biggest heart ever like he's one of the most selfless sometimes i call him like yo you need to like fucking care about yourself more and you know it's funny i actually i feel like i've like gotten a lot of that from him you know what I'm saying? I've known Nas since I was like 19, 20 years old. How'd you I've guys known, meet? Um, uh, man, that's a great question. We met through a f- former manager of his uh, who, uh, who was, you know, their relationship was kind of like dwindling down, but he really liked me and thought Nas would like me. And we, int- we were introduced to each other and it was like, it was, we connected immediately. You know what I'm saying? And, um, 
And you know, I don't, you know, I, I don't really know what Nas saw in me, but Nas is a great talent. You know, uh, he knows how to pick talent. He also um, was one of the earliest guys to give Steve Stout a chance. And Steve Stout is, you know, now obviously one of the the most, you know, he's one of the most respected um, entrepreneurs in advertising, along with, you know, music. He's done, he's, he's a major part of hip hop history, music history. What, what has he done? I mean, man, he was Nas's manager through um, like um, his second and third, and I think fourth, maybe fifth album. What was the um, Ill- Illmatic? When was that? Illmatic was before it was. It was written where "If I Were the World" was at. I yeah, am where, yeah, that's where most people would probably yeah know, I, know Nas. I am, which is you know, hate me now. I just watched and, the movie actually. Oh, the doc. Yeah, in preparation worked, for this interview. We worked fucking hard. It was great. Yeah, thank you, man. I love that when he went back to the streets where he came from, and he's like, "Hey, you, like whatever, like Joe." You know, and he's like, hey, what up? Like, it seemed like he remembered all the people and they were in the same place. He remembers it. They were in the same place and he had gone back after reaching these successes and was like, hey, we are still the same. I could have been you. I thought it was really powerful. Yeah, I mean, Nas goes back to Queensbridge a couple times and a year. And that's the name of the, the venture company? Yeah. Queensbridge? It's so funny. Did so Ron Artest talk about that? <laughs> so I'm going to tell you a funny <laughs> story. So, um... When we were raising money, some of the uh, um, some of the the international um, LPs that uh, invested in our fund, they um, they didn't know what Queensbridge was, so they were like, "Oh, it's such a posh name, Queensbridge," oh, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's the largest housing projects in North America." <laughs> it sounds like a suburb of London. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, but yeah, like man, there's we're, a pristine college there, and we're like, we're we're keeping it 100 percent gutter all the way to the top. Uh, we we had this um, we had this funny tagline joke. We were like, "Yo, what should our like slow like what should our slogan be?" And uh, we were like, "Yo, it should be like." Queensbridge Venture Partners, let us in the deal or else. Or else. We're <laughs> yeah. from Queensbridge. We grew up with Ron Artest. Yeah, exactly. And, um, but, um, like, we, you we, suddenly we, you scare away every meeting. Yeah, like, wait, exactly. what's or else mean? We don't know these guys. Exactly. <laughs> no, but it's, it, it's funny because, like, we're like the total opposite of that, right? Like, we try to be guys that, like, you can have fun with, you can talk to about anything. Um, we're, we're, we're fucking regular dudes. I think we take on the personality of, of Nas in a lot of ways. And you think his, you mentioned he's selfless and sometimes you talk to him and say, get dude, come on. Yeah. And, um, and he, he just can't help himself. Do you think that's why, I mean, obviously he's prolific as a hip hop artist, but that's why he succeeded. Yeah. I mean, mean, beyond the music part, but just in business. You know, I think he succeeded in business because he bet on great people like Steve Stout and, you know, you know, I've, I humbly say this. But you you to some extent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you can say that. You can embrace yeah. it. Yeah. It's hard, right? Sometimes I think so. I do intros on the podcast and I had that 40th anniversary and I've had some like three Emmy nominated guests, YouTube creators that have 20 million subscribers, people that have crowdfunded two point five million dollars for one movie. Like Today Show hosts five best-selling authors, right? I can't even. I just said that for the first time, embracing it, right? Because yeah. I have such trouble. Just it's some. Uh, maybe it's just me, but it's like you got. Sometimes you don't want to come across like you're just completely. Not only that, full of yourself. Sometimes when you repeat your accomplishments to yourself, you you think that okay, I'm I'm in a good spot. And for me, I never want to feel like that. It's so funny. Someone was like, "Yo, what are your goals?" 
and and you know you're you know I, like I never had goals like I never like sat down was like I want to do this 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 and this with my life you know why because number one like I never thought that I would have a fund um I, and, and in a lot of ways when I was going to school I never thought that I'd become a music manager where'd you go to school um, originally started at UC Irvine and then continued at SUNY Purchase. Okay. Um, but in a lot of ways, I never thought that I would, um, I never thought that I would go to like, I would do any of the things I'm doing. And, and then I sat back and I was like, you know what? Fuck goals. I'm going to just do whatever the fuck feels right. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm not going to allow these things to hang over my head and get obsessed with them and, and, and have it potentially ruin me. And, and in a lot of ways, goals hold you back. Cause like you, you, you feel to me, like you feel a sense of accomplishment when you write something down and attain that. And like, I, I never, I never want to feel that. I want to keep fucking going. And, um, I feel like when you, when you, when you start having a prize that you focus on, you, you, in a lot of ways, like you actually like shorten your ceiling and I don't want to, I don't want to have a ceiling. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to say I want to make a million dollars this year. No, I want to make as much as money as I fucking possibly can. Like, so it's like, that's how I've always approached life. So as far as embracing something, you want to just like go back to work and not focus too much yeah. And like giving yourself an accolade and reaching this goal because there's so many other things to do. By the way, that's me as a man and as an individual. Now, when you're talking to an artist and they have to put out the single this day, the album this day, the tour this day, then you need like, you know, points of reference as far as like goals as to where to get to by this day and that day. That's called just planning in general. Um, I'm t- when I say when I say goals, I mean more about like me personally. Um, mainly because I never had them and it worked out for me this morning. How'd you wind up in New York after leaving Irvine? I just dropped out of school and moved. And then the registered yeah, classes. Yeah, and I was dead fucking broke. And, um, and it's so funny. What'd uh, your parents say? My mom literally, I'm like not bullshitting you. I like, my mom thought I was gonna die like you know but my mom's also a fucking warrior but um <laughs> uh but uh all my all my friends like you know nobody wanted me to leave and specifically um my one of my closest friends and one of my partners his name is dennis Wynn. um at this point he's not i can't because calling him a friend is even he's a partner in in, he, he's, in your he's, queensbridge he's, he's my he's my left and right hand he handles pretty much everything for me. And he, um, he was like, I don't want you to leave personally, but as like, you know, someone who cares about like, you know, you going far in life, you should go. And you seen um, goodwill hunting. Uh, I'm yeah. Years ago. Remember when like, there's that scene, I don't yeah. want to get too cheesy, but like there's a scene where they're like, dude, just Matt Damon, like get out of here. They're all working, you know, construction, like, just go, yeah. Drive across country and make it happen. Yeah, and then you know all my. But those th- are your two friends. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're they, like, dude, they get out of this. Me. Situation's not for you. Yep. Uh, Gabe, my, my man Gabe, he still works with me. He's Nas's day to day manager. So did you help get your buddies? jobs then the, we ones, are, that, the ones that believe my, in you my shit was if i'm coming we're all coming to get like yeah i like we all they're you're, all still involved with everything you're a package deal yeah, yeah absolutely i mean you know why it's because like i sleep better at, like and and look not no one had experience but shit i didn't have fucking experience so it's like if i can learn the shit you can too we're from the same streets yeah so it um it worked out, you know what I'm saying? And like, look, a lot, I'm sure there are people who may be more qualified than the guys that I have on my team. 
But, you know, sometimes, like, number one, I believed in their ability to learn. And they've all, up to this point, done an incredible job of that. Number two, you know, I just decided to choose loyalty over ability. Right. And and, and bet on the fact that the ability will come over time. And you time. can trust them. You can't fucking buy loyalty. Right. Like, and how many people are willing to screw you over to get ahead, right? Exactly. My team, like... You never have to worry about that. Nope. Like, honestly, like, this is going to sound very stupid, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't um, suggest anyone do this but like i don't even know like how much certain shit like costs like i just work really hard and and like fucking focus on doing the best that i can and helping everyone around me grow and and just you know hope that the bills get paid <laughs> yeah you know what i'm saying and, and, and that's because my team is just focused on making sure things work um now obviously like when it comes to the fund you have to operate that totally different but um on the music side we you know uh, my, that's that's how comfortable I am with my team. Like I have, I don't have to, I don't have to stress over every penny being spent because my team deals with that, and and they treat the company's money like it's their family's money or their money. Right. And I mean, you can't find that shit. You dude. can't buy it. No, there's no way. It takes years to have that professionally. As and we've been someone. through shit together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like one of my. Um, one of the guys who he's he's Nas's day to day manager and also does A and R. His name's um, Gabriel's artist. Um, he, him and I were in like the streets together. Like you know what I'm saying? Like like gunshots, like shit, like that. In Oakland? <laughs> no, here in L.A. You can't like how do you how do you buy that type of life experience with one another? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, it's impossible. You so, bullets going by you. What do you mean? Like, where was this? That no, you guys... I'm saying like being outside of a party and it just getting shot up and we're outside like, oh shit, what the fuck? What'd you do? Like in a <laughs> fucking duck. <laughs> <laughs> and like, just like experiencing shit like that. Like you, like that, those experiences. That doesn't happen in Silicon Valley. Oh no, thank God. <laughs> Why do you think I'm there? But that's like long, long, long time. I mean, I haven't uh, this is... been around that in fucking... Yeah, and I'm and I was never like. This is when you oh when you're in L. A. Back in the day. This is like when in, I was in like high, school. high school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm, dude. First of all, like yes, I may have not grown up in like the best neighborhoods, but like where'd I mean, you grow up? I, um, well, two places, Inglewood, um, and then um, and then Carson as well. I mean, look, I I I, I was I I came from a, a, the most loving home with the most loving family, um. And I got everything I ever wanted as a kid. And to be quite honest, it's so funny. Everyone says that, oh, man, I want, I want more for my kids than I had. To me, I'm like, you know, I look at my life and I'm like, you know what? I came out all right. You know, if, if I, 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 want, I want my kids to have like just enough so they feel a little pain, so they understand how to deal with it when, yeah. when they get older and they, right. you know, um, in it's, life. It's like when I went to college, I went to Vanderbilt University and. Some people there have money. Didn't Skip Bayless go there? Yeah, Skip Bayless, right. So did Grantland Rice, who's one of the best sports writers in history. Skip Bayless, yeah, he's not our best. We, Willie Geist went there. Hey, hey, I'm a huge Skip Bayless Oh, my God. Fan. First Take is the worst show on TV. Now, it's bad now. They're trolls. Stephen A. Smith trolls the world. And they do a great job of marketing the show. It was, you know, I don't know if you remember when it first started. It was actually good. Yeah, it was. Well, Jamel Hill was on it. I mean, they had some good thinkers now it's like they're trolling the world. Like LeBron's the worst player ever. He's not clutch. How often can you talk that about that? That show should be on BET. 
It's <laughs> why, why is that? It just should. It should be on YouTube. That I, apparently the ratings are still strong. Well, because they use social media to their advantage. Because everyone's like, "Screw you!" Like, was it recently? Chip Kelly got rid of all his receivers. Yeah, I'm sure he saw this. Everyone. He got and, rid of. But I mean, he just signed DeMarco Deshaun Murray. Jackson left. You know, last year. Macklin. Macklin's gone. Lashawn McCoy. McCoy. Like all his assets that were bad asses are gone. So now. Essentially, Riley Cooper, who made those racist comments. Stephen A. thinks he's a racist. Yeah, yeah, he thinks Chip Kelly's a racist. He's trolling all of us, so blogs pick up that soundbite. And then we are like, oh, we're flipping the channels, whatever. Let's watch this. It, uh, to all the listeners, if you ever want to get a good laugh, just um, search Skip Bayless's name on Twitter. Yeah. The things people say about this guy <laughs> is fucking amazing. It is. He's a troll. Yeah. Um, so, But at Vanderbilt, I had all those people that came there with money. Having a lot of money in your late teens is a recipe for like drug use. I mean, yeah. people are just like buying Coke and it's just like if you don't have that parent or person that tells you like what the limit is, then you're just going to fucking run rampant. Yeah. You know, it's, I agree with that. And so people that don't have that discipline, even like you're saying, if you give your kids just enough to make them appreciate it, but not enough that they're still not hungry, you know, that's something you don't always get. And I agree. You know, LA is the perfect example of that. You know, I agree. I mean, I, I, I have, I have, I know, I have friends who, who uh, grew up with very successful parents, and they came out just fine. It has a lot to do with, um, it has a lot to do with, you know, like your parents. Like some, some crack the whip, and and kids turn out fine. Some are loosey goosey, and kids turn out fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, I, me personally, I always tell myself, who am I to judge? If someone's cool with me, I'm cool. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Not, not, not much there. What's it like going back and forth between the Silicon Valley world and then managing artists in the music side? Are you still involved a lot with the music? Oh, very. I'm, I'm, if, if, if you ask me, I'm more music than I am tech. But um, the biggest difference is I lost patience for stupid people. And like in the music business, that's not good. Because there are a lot of stupid people. <laughs> Is, that's what Troy was saying. You got to surround yourself with the smart people, no matter where they are. It, it's hard in music, man. I mean, there are some smart people. There are some great people. There's a lot of people who are like, you know, a little older, very like, you know, narrow-minded. Narrow-minded and they, you know, they like to pigeonhole themselves. They like to like talk in circles about shit that doesn't matter. And like that goes back to like what's, the, you know, battles and wars. Like really, does this really matter? You know? Um, and, and man, I've lost patience for that. And in a lot of ways that's affected my ability to network in music. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little upset at myself. I'm, I'm trying to work on that now. Like, you know, I'm, I want to, I want to know as many people as possible and, and be out there as much as possible. Um, uh, but sometimes it's tough when you're like talking to people and they just like irritate the shit out of you. Yeah. And then, you know, I go up to the Valley and like I spend an hour with like the 89th man at Andreessen Horowitz, like literally the guy at the end of the bench. And he fucking like is just like <laughs> talking to me about all these things that are just inspiring me. So I'm like, he's basically the equivalent to like an intern yeah. at a record company. Right. And is smarter than the fucking chairman. <laughs> right. <laughs> The end of the bench. Yeah. That's a great image. Oh, dude, man. One thing I got to say, kudos to fucking Andreessen Horowitz. I mean, um, 
they, you know, they, they work closely with Michael Ovitz and Michael Ovitz, uh, you know, started CAA, right. basically built the agency model that all these agents work yep. off of and advised Andreessen on building. Right, right, right about that in Ben's book. Yeah. Build, building his venture firm, very similar to that. And you know, so what Ben and Mark and the rest of the guys up there, what they've done is fucking phenomenal. They're their number 20 man is smarter than like 99% of the Valley. Cause what they did was instead of going out and just hiring people who fit roles, they're just like, we just want the smartest fucking people. The world, the world has to offer. doesn't matter gender, race, you know, sexual preferences, whatever. We just want smart people. This is a no judge zone. Right. And we're going to go kill it. Yeah. And, and that's, and they've done an incredible so job. You have similar philosophies. I mean, I mean, like, yeah, I'm, I'm learning from how they do it. And, I, you know, I, I would love to mirror whatever I build to be similar to that. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, been, so it's not the music business. Huh? <laughs> They're not the music business model. It, it's funny because they were built on the entertainment business model. Yeah, with, with Ovitz. Uh, yeah, with Ovitz. Um, but, yeah, they, they, their approach is incredibly smart. And, um, and, yeah, so, like, for me, that's what I want to do. Like, a good friend of mine told me recently he was like yo instead of trying to hire people with experience go hire someone out of harvard business school who's hungry and and and, and wants like a chance at you know working on a shiny object right and see what you get out of someone yeah and i'm like you know what that's actually a good fucking idea um but you know i feel like there's a resentment towards mbas in the, in the entrepreneurship venture world you know because people are like you come out of business school you're entitled you're gonna say i'm gonna make this much money and you join a startup, you have to start from scratch. I mean, you can't come in as a $200,000 a year executive. You know, you know, at least what, for early stage startups. I'm going to tell you what business school, um, the one, the one thing I have against business school, it like in a lot of ways, it doesn't happen all the time. And in, in a lot of ways they give you this like very systematic and robotic um, they, they, they train you to almost think like in a systematic robotic way and the world just fucking doesn't work like that. Not anymore. No, I think it used to work. There was more cookie cutter jobs when you get Agreed. out, but now dude, you make something like I make a podcast, check it out. That's me, right? You don't have to look at my LinkedIn profile or I'm, whenever someone asks me for a resume, I'm not going to work with them. I'm not going to take this job because the resumes are so irrelevant. Yeah. I mean, I think if I went to business school, I didn't. I wouldn't even mention it. I mean, it's not really. It's like a footnote at this yeah, day and age. Especially now, man. Like, especially now. You know, I, I look. I'm all for people uh, furthering, um, you know, their education. Right. But you have to understand what you're getting yourself into. You, like, you go to business school not to get a job or to pick what career you want to be in. You go to business school because you feel there are lessons you can learn that can help you become a better person and more prepared for the world. Right. And, and it has to be a holistic, like, like it has to be like a big picture approach to why you do it. You don't do it because, you know, you're expecting Goldman of, right. get, you know, give you an offer for this or that. Um, What's well, I went to college. I mean, I went there to like make friends and build relationships and just make a bunch of fucking mistakes that you know the stakes were a lot low back then and now they're a lot higher so you get that out of your system exactly and um but you know i i, I mean you needed i think you needed a degree of some sort it just doesn't matter i think it used to matter a lot and now dude you come to california you just make an idea work 
even LA has done a great job of transforming as an entrepreneurial city. Yeah, I mean, dude, I mean, LA is one of the only places in the world where you can come here, be a total nobody, and be at every fucking hot event doing the hottest things in the world. Yeah. <laughs> like, with nothing. No money, right. no status, no nothing. Right. You can just, like... You get in the front door. Exactly. <laughs> it's pretty fucking amazing. No one questions you. Yeah. Oh, you're with him? Yeah. And you're, like, just standing by the guy? You're like, no, yeah, uh, totally. Exactly. But do you think that Silicon Valley is... Because everyone, I think, in LA, I have a problem with thinking that we're a silicon something, like a silicon beach. I, you know, I think we're just our own entity. It's like art, entertainment, and tech. And that's so different than the Silicon Valley brand, which is technology and a lot of money. Yeah, like, who gives a fuck? You don't need to label yourself as like a junior version of something. Yeah, you know, uh, I listen... I, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not that well, uh, versed or like, I'm not up to speed on exactly what Silicon beach is. I know they like hit me it up just, sometimes. It doesn't matter. I mean, on, um, it's just, on Twitter, whatever it is, just I say don't it. know who runs it or just who's say involved with it. What's your Twitter name? Dude, bro. Dude, bro. <laughs> okay. We got to talk about that, but yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, me personally, like, I'm just, I'm just here to try to. I'm just here to try to make it happen, man, and like and like do dope shit. Like branding it something that shit is corny. It's as whack. Fuck. It's so whack. Yeah, I. Um, you don't need to brand yourself. It's just. Nah, I think it's corny, but like you know, teach its own. So is Nas still in New York? No, nah, man. He's he's dude. Nas, Puffy, Russell, and Jay Z all live in L.A. <laughs> oh, that's crazy, man. Who would have thought? Yeah. It's hard. Once you get out here, it's hard not to to. Yeah. Why would you ever want to go back? Cuba, yeah, it's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. And Troy's out here. Yeah, Troy's been here. Though. But he said he got kicked out. Man, I mean, politely kicked out. Maybe like way back in the day. All we talked about on the podcast was hip hop for like twenty minutes and all of his early days of throwing parties in Philly. Oh man, yeah, he must have some fucking stories. Yeah, man. helping yeah. Puffy get a girl <laughs> at a party. Yo, by any means necessary, man. You got yo, like <laughs> I remember when I first started, like you know, if Nas needed me to run to go get him socks, I was going to get him whatever. socks, like whatever he needed. How high you want me to jump? Yeah, my female artists, if they needed me to take their high heels off because their feet was hurting, I would get on my knees and take their high heels off. Yeah. And by the way, I'm still like that. Like whatever you guys need done, you know. Well, it's part of the gig. You got to figure out how to fill in holes. And, There's and no job description in what you're doing. No. And by the way, it's way easier to just do it yourself than to be like, call someone, tell right. them what they need to do, and then wait for them to go do it. And then and that person's on your payroll. You got to pay them just to take shoes off exactly. and something stupid. <laughs> so then were you and Troy able to connect then with your backgrounds? Yeah. yeah I mean. I mean. You have music. So did you have music experience? So you were with Nas. Yeah. Did we, you stay with Nas while you were yeah, at Adam Factory? Yeah. He brought me into help him build management okay yeah no i wasn't like i wasn't like like a kid off the street he was like you know he knew i was uh, he knew i was you know good at what i did and was like yo here are the keys go fucking build so when you're building out a management company how do you get an artist to to believe in you yo troy and i troy and i were a, a, a great yin and yang because i was the young energy excitement guy 
And you knew, like, I was just like, ready to go. And he was, like, the grown, like, calm, strategic, you know what I'm saying? Like, he was, like, big picture, and I was, like, execution. And it was, was like, it it worked out. It worked really well. And um, it it was greatest times of my life, incredible learning experience. And, um, yeah, shit, I'll carry with me forever. And so are you pitching people, like, just getting in the room with them? Trying to nah, you know, like you know, um, because of like the success tr- Troy had with Gaga. I mean, like you know, we'd be we'd be naive to think that like I mean that was a magnet. People you know could they, they'd answer your calls. The people yeah, would pick up the not phone. even answer our calls. They'd call us. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like it was like she was a fucking magnet. Oh yeah, and um and 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 you know when you when when someone like him build something like that you just are you just are you're you're gonna get the calls and so it was like you know he would get the calls and we'd go close it and how much is it actually the music part and how much is it the business decisions outside of the music the tour merchandise investing like how much of his brand building beyond just them being the actual performer i don't get like so for management like you're you're making big decisions like where they go on tour. Yeah, like, it's I mean, like, it's, it's, are you more of a business person for them? No, than- you're everything. You're their you're their therapist. You're their you know what I'm saying. You're you're their you're their brother, sister, cousin, nephew, husband, wife, whatever like they need you to be. You're that. Yeah, there's there's absolutely no way to clearly define lanes and roles when it comes to management it's impossible and i couldn't even tell you how i divide my time i just do whatever i got to do to make it happen and troy was saying he relates to startup entrepreneurs because of he knows what it's like to be on someone's couch and being no one knows you to suddenly you're a global superstar yep so if you're investing in instagram you can relate to the founders because they went from nothing to massive Yes, I agree with him 100%. I, um, I felt the exact same way. Um, you, you can relate to them. I think the battles you, you fight are different. Um, so I don't think there's like a direct correlation between the two, but there are some like high level similarities. How much are you involved with the founders of the companies that you invest in? It's up to them. Um, I'm not the guy to call you every week and ask you for an update. You need me, you call me. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'll check up on you. You know, maybe we'll go grab a drink sometime. Um, I'm as in, you know, I'm not going to sit here. Like, look, I've, I've helped. I've really helped a lot of our companies, like in major, major, major ways. Um, so like, this is not me saying that, you know, we're, we're passive, but we don't want to like, you know, I know how it is to, to, to run a business. And the last thing you need is someone calling you every day being like, so what's up with this? What's up right, with this? Right. What's up with this? So I, uh, I'm there and you ever seen office space? No. Oh, this guy Lumberg. He's always the micromanager yeah. of like the guys at the, at the, at the job. So you said something about Snoop Dogg recently and Nas and how they never chased the money. It's what is at, at the launch festival. Yeah. I saw a clip of you. What did you mean by that? As far as not chasing the money, but just going for a longer term goal or even a legacy. I mean, like. Early, I mean, I, I mean, I, I will say this. I think over the last few years, Snoop has really, really chased the money. I mean, Snoop has done like so many different things, um, and you know, some have worked, some have failed, but he's he's done an incredible job of building a brand for himself. He's, right. Snoop is one of the biggest celebrities in the world. Yeah, he's global. Yeah. So, 
Um, but like in the beginning, I mean, can you imagine him being what he is now when he was making like doggy style and stuff? Yeah. No, it was all music. Gin and juice. Yeah. So you focus on like what you love most. You, you know, and I think like you ingrain yourself into the culture and then from there you start to experiment. That's what I meant by that. Okay. And so in general, Nas though, now that you're investing in companies, is he still focused hundred percent on the music? Yeah. I mean, like, how does that you get, yeah, old, you get he, older and you have different interests? I mean, his kids are number one. Then I would say it's music. And then I would say it's, uh, it, it, it would be like everything business outside of music. And uh, so what, what is your, we'll ask a few more questions and then yeah. wrap up. What, what, what's your day to day like? Cause I saw you at uh, co-working space, Amplify, and you were just like running around and you blocked my car in. Oh shit. And that's actually how I first met you. <laughs> and you were like, it was a blur though. Cause you like had a meeting and then you had your phone, you're like running to another meeting and what's your day like? Man, meetings, man, meetings, calls. I, um, I take like an hour. Um, I take like an hour in the morning. That's funny. I just told you a story that you blocked me in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I always need to get to like, just keep it real with the guest. Yeah. <laughs> hour in the morning, hour in the afternoon, uh, hour in the morning, hour in the afternoon and hour at night to kind of just think about shit. Hour in the morning, like a meditation by not, yourself, not like meditation. but you're by yourself. I'm not that like, you know, I don't, you're lying on the floor. You have a candle going and incense. Yeah. I ain't that deep, bro. <laughs> I, uh, not like ESPN in the background, laptop fired up, thinking about Skip shit. Bayless yelling about something. Skip Bayless, you know, my, my main man, Skip Bayless talking about Tim Tebow and the Dallas Cowboys. I got to get him on the podcast now. Um, hit the Vanderbilt connection. Afternoon. I try to find like a quiet cafe or something, um, to kind of just think through things and, you know, get answer emails, callbacks, things like that. And then night, same thing. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm actively working from like 6 30 to probably 10 or 11 every day so it helps not to have kids and yeah you know i, so I have a funny. kid i have a kid now and it's just like a negotiation with my wife i feel like you figure it out after though. seven o'clock at night well i work sometimes like nine to eleven and yeah odd hours i feel like you figure it out yeah you know i do want a family i mean tomorrow no but at some point so i just feel like it comes together and so then what how much of your time is spent meeting with investors or meeting with entrepreneurs a lot more with entrepreneurs definitely more entrepreneurs you got the fund raised at this point yeah i mean i uh definitely more entrepreneurs than investors why do you like entrepreneurs like what's the is it big ideas or people that are hustling to get shit done yeah you know dude it's like it's like watching a kid explain to you their favorite episode of their favorite cartoon right it's like they're so excited about what they're doing so you like you're like yeah you want to hear it you, you get fired up exactly and it's always good you pull inspiration from shit like that and if someone who's listening to this is a startup entrepreneur how would they be able to connect with you shit um i mean my whole life's on the internet at this point so i mean you'd have to be an idiot to not be able to find me you could you could reach <laughs> my you. email my everything is on there you ever I, respond to cold emails i don't all the time really? i don't even to be honest with you, like I, I wish I could find a way to get it off because I mean, some of the shit I get is retarded, but it is what it is. <laughs> For ideas, yeah, bro. Do you ever have you invested in a company? You've gotten a cold email? 
Yep. Really? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, there have been a few that... that no way. Yeah, That's yeah, such a misnomer. Sure. Everyone in the Valley thinks no. that... Dude, one thing about us, we'll bet on some shit that like, not like a big VC has or whatever the case may be. Shit, there's this uh, company exploding now out of LA called Thrive Market. And they had no major... I mean, they had some like influencer investors, but we, we invested in them when they didn't they were like pre-product pre-launch they were just really sharp guys we're like we're in and like we've we've done that we're not a fr- like we believe in and what we think is good and like we'll bet on shit without anyone fucking backing it is there one sector that you focus on or no we're pretty stage and sector agnostic for us it's all about value and um and then like you know we're more top-down investors so we look at like marketplace market size product idea founding team and then how those three things are married together i think like market size team yeah market market size um uh team and idea slash product um a great example the, the the perfect example of like our model is uh tracy from tradesy you know she's raised um a lot of money over the last couple of years and she's just like she represents exactly what we um exactly what we look for you know a founder with a real story connected to the idea that she that she had or the product that she built and the market and the market size was was ginormous all of that shit just and she was like in a in a space where you know there were guys who came from business school who started a company and guys who were engineers this, what's, what's the product um it's called tradesy it's a marketplace for secondhand mid to high end products okay yeah so you it's it's essentially like a platform where you trend you sell like like if a woman wants to sell her used christian louboutins mid to high okay and she had Just like going after a it real story behind a mission behind it so she's the one that like you can fucking beat down over and over again and she's gonna keep getting back up so like she's like the like definition of how we look at like you know companies um I like how you get fired up and talking about these companies oh dude especially tracy because that's like my girl yeah like you know like i i've seen her i've seen her at her highs and at her lows and I never once did not believe in her, even when it was like not the greatest moments for her. Just because like, you just like- She like, get it done. Fuck yes. She, watching that, she doesn't even realize how much I learned from her. Like she's just so fucking, resi- I mean, she can take a fucking punch and you just got nothing but love and respect for her. So that's the kind of investor, or as an investor, you love that kind of entrepreneur. Yeah. Like I mean, they're going to get knocked the hell down and you're going to jump Yeah, now and- there are some who are so tough that you're not knocking them down. But, uh, but, but the reason why I um, gravitated to Tracy because on top of all of this shit, she's, she's a woman. Yeah. But not like she's a woman woman. Not like like a woman who's trying to be like a man. She's like she's a lady. Do you invest in many African American founded companies? We try to. Um, um, there are like a, a decent amount in our portfolio. I read an article on TechCrunch. I can't remember the guy's name. I've met him before. Kirby. Rich Kirby. 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 Met him at South by Southwest last year, talking about how the Good Old Boy Network is the first thing in why there aren't a lot of African American venture capitalists. The what network? The Good Old Boy Network. Richard Kirby has an incredibly bright future in, in tech. I, um, I know him well. I consider him a friend. He's a smart guy. Um, I, 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 think, I think guys like him uh, and myself and like, even like Troy and a few other um, uh, 
a few other folks in, in like these circles, I think we're going to like help redefine the good old boy network. That's awesome. In like 10, 15, 20 I years love from it. now, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to look a little different. It's going to be bottom up. People coming out of nowhere yeah, and I just mean, they have a different background. I feel like now you sort of create your own way. You don't need that degree or let's go to Stanford. That really helps. Yo, you got to understand something. There, there are kids in this country who don't know anything but a black president. Right. Like they don't even, to them, there only is black presidents. True. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's yeah. like, for me, like, like, and, and what, you know, uh, Kirby's like study was, I mean, he did a phenomenal job, but I just think like, it'll, it'll change over time. Like, you know, like people can quote unquote, try to like keep the doors closed. It's impossible. You know what I'm saying? When you have like, you know, guys like Tristan Walker who are doing a great job of building a business and, 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 and I, I just kind of feel like, oh, it's, it's, it, that's, it's destined to change. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, yes, I'm like bummed out that, you know, of what the stats say, but am I like concerned or nervous? No, because you know what? I'm fucking coming. Rich is coming. Tristan's coming. Like we're, we're, we're going to fucking shake this shit up and it's going to look different. Right. Yeah. And is the community open to that? I don't give a fuck. It doesn't matter. Nope. Doesn't matter. Yeah, nah, let, let me tell you something. I, I, one thing I, I, I always tell people like you can have all the power in the world and all the money in the world. Like, like when you have heart, I mean, it's very hard to keep someone down. And I feel like a lot of us um, younger venture. And by the way, I mean this, when I think of minorities, I think about women. I think about African-Americans, Latinos, um, to some extent, Asian, India, everyone. Gay people. Anyone. Anyone. Yeah. Yeah. um, Homosexuals, whatever. Anyone who's not me, a straight white guy. Anyone not you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) White guys that went to Vanderbilt. (laughs) Right, dude. Like, Like, to me, it's like... I don't, I, I, I think we can fucking accomplish anything. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, it's funny. Everyone has their opinions on Barack Obama and, um, I, I have some opinions on him too, but you know what? His biggest accomplishment, I think, um, as president, and I think it's one of the greatest accomplishments a president has ever had is now everybody in the world thinks they can become, every kid in America right. thinks they can be president because of him. Yeah. That type of impact, I mean, that's like, like no one has had that type of impact on this country. You can say whatever you want about all the other shit. And, you know, yes, he hasn't been perfect. And some shit he's done has been good. Some not so good. Fine. Cool. Whatever. The fact that, like, there are, like, four-year-old Mexican kids in L.A. or five-year-old Mexican or black kids in L.A., that look at the TV and look at him and think like, oh, I could become president. I didn't think I could become right. president oh, when really? I was grow- getting older. No, no, no. I, I grew up on Bush and, and Clinton and, and, and I, I looked and I just was like, okay, maybe that's just not suited for me. But like these kids like really believe like my little brother, like really thinks he can be the president of the United States. That's for not like hope. Like, I mean, like you can't buy that. Right. Shit. Regardless of the policy. Yeah. And the fuck that. Like you can't eight, buy that. Eight years of a black president. You can't buy that. Right. And it's not even like, I mean, he's also, he's as much white as he is oh, black. 
it's, it's so smart. About, he went to Harvard Law School. It's more about his face representing today's America. Yeah. And and everyone feeling like they can relate to that. Because it's not only black people. It's Latino people. It's Asian people. It's anyone who's born in America who can legally become president. As long as they don't have like a criminal record and all that <laughs> shit. Like, they can be it. Right. You know what I'm saying? To me, that's fucking dope. Yeah. Yeah. So like... You know, I, I try not to get hung up on the stats or depressed on, on a lot of these like race stats or, you know, discrimination. I don't even call it discrimination or all these other stats. To me, man, I, I, I just think that it's it's early days and that, that shit's going to change and it's going to change fucking fast. And you still think we're going to be transforming our technology so quick that in 20 years the environment's going to be like this where everyone's got ideas? Because you think it's going to run dry at some point? You know what, I mean, man? It's so hot right now. You know what, man? I don't know. I, I, so this is something that I think about all the time when it comes to like the market, right? Everyone's like, oh my God, we're in a bubble, we're in a bubble, we're in a bubble. People forget like there were like 100 million people on the internet during the first bubble. And there are like two and a half billion people on the internet now. And that shit is growing every day. Right. Like hundreds of millions. In of India and in Africa. Yeah. So like. the, the ceiling is basically, I mean, you can look up and you won't see it. So like, now don't get me wrong. I think some of these valuations are fucking nuts, but I mean, you can't, I don't, I can't, I don't know how to call it a bubble. I think as long as major companies like Oracle and Facebook and Apple and Google, as long as they have enough cash on their balance sheet, to feed the M&A market, um, I think, you know... It's just going to keep rolling. It's just going to keep rolling. Now, you know, I will say that, like, investors need to do a better job of of, of, of holding tight on, um, on, on, on valuations, especially on, on the earlier side when there's so much risk, like seed and A. I think investors need to do a better job of, like, you know, being a bit more realistic and not giving into the the competitive nature of like all these other VCs. But, you know, outside of that, man, to me, like is, is if, if, if I see a clear path to like billions of dollars in revenue or a clear path to like this fitting in a much larger, like conglomerate of, you know what I'm saying? Like I, 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 I look at it as like the, the market's going to keep growing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know it's going to keep growing? Podcasting. Oh it's shit! It's gonna be transformational, like YouTube was. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. Um, podcasting is big because it eliminates a, a lot of the uh, the folks trying to manage all the like you know if you go to like serious or whether you can't talk about this, you can't talk about that, you can't talk about this. When you're straight podcast, like me and you could talk about anything, right? Right. We and have whole, been. Yeah, and the whole world can hear it. Right. Um, it's not sound bites. No holds. No long hold, form conversation. No, no holds bars. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Yeah. This has been great. It's awesome. Yeah. I can't wait to get this up. And I was going to ask you like any advice you have for people, but you've gave, you've given it. The yeah. heart thing, the heart. Gotta have fucking heart. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yo, cry if you need to. Fucking punch a wall if you need to. Like, but like just, just, just always know you gotta have fucking heart. And then when you don't have heart for something, then fucking move on and do something else that you have heart for. Right. Yeah. Like, but that's, yeah, you gotta have heart, man. Do you, do you ever rap? No. You're in this business. I have absolutely no musical talent and never want to do anything in music. Like, I don't even, I, I don't, I, this is the only time I want my mouth to a mic. <laughs> <laughs>
Awesome. Well, I rap actually. Really? I used to freestyle. That's funny. My buddy Ryan worked at, he works at Cashmere now. Okay. He's the creative chief creative officer there. And we used to rap in Des Moines, Iowa. That's amazing. And so he came on the podcast. I didn't see him like 10 years. And we just talked about freestyling in Iowa. It's like keg beer. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 Cool, man. Thank oh, you so much. Thanks, bro.